0: Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you again. Ron and I had a nice uh, cross country car trip this past week, and uh, that all went well. Fortunately, we were able to do that when gas prices were at their historic high level. (laughs) But uh, we did have a nice trip, and we were able to do a a few interesting things uh, on our way back. So that was nice. Most of you know our daughter and her husband Stephen are moving from the L.A. area to Nashville this next month. And so we were helping them out by driving one of their vehicles back from California. And I want to thank Lamar for bringing the message last Sunday. And uh, last Sunday was the third Sunday of Advent, which means today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. And we're continuing our series again this morning, The Life We Now Live. And we've been using the theme verse of Galatians 2.20. So I'd like to invite you to join me and let's say this together again this morning. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. (coughs) Let's open our Bibles this morning to the uh, 10th chapter of Hebrews. We're talking about encouragement this morning. And uh, even though we're not sure who wrote this book of Hebrews, uh, I like to think that maybe it was Barnabas. Because um, in the Bible, Barnabas was always known as a great encourager. And uh, his his name actually was, uh, you know, his name meant... Son of encouragement. Now we don't know for sure uh, if he wrote Hebrews or not, but there are several or some verses here that make us think that maybe he was just uh, possibly the author of this. So we're going to begin reading uh, chapter 10 of Hebrews in verse 19 and uh, reading through verse 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, which we've sung and talked a lot about this morning, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts "'Sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience "'and having our bodies washed with pure water. "'Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, "'for he who promised is faithful. "'And let us consider how we may spur one another on "'toward love and good deeds, "'not giving up meeting together "'as some are in the habit of doing,' but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's bow. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we begin this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement and hope. And uh, we just thank you for what it brings to our life and how it encourages us and, and gives us hope in this world that needs so much hope. Just bless our time this morning. And Lord, may your Holy Spirit just move among us and speak to all of us. This morning, including myself, and we pray this in your name. Amen. So what is your reaction if your phone rings at 2.30 a.m. in the morning? (laughs) I hear some groans. (laughs) Um, For most of us, you go to bed at a normal hour. (laughs) It usually causes us alarm, right? I mean... Why would somebody be calling us at that time of the morning? It must be an emergency or something terrible must have happened. We don't usually answer our phone at 2.30 in the morning and think, Oh, I wonder what good news someone is called to share with me (laughs) in the middle of the night. (laughs) Um, I'm just curious, how many of you, when you go to bed at night, how many of you turn off everything on your phone? Text, calls, everything. Okay, fair amount. How many of you turn off text but leave the ringer on? How many of you leave everything on? Wow, that, that is surprising to me. Personally, I turn my text off. But I leave my phone on in case it's an emergency. And I tell my family and friends, and I guess I'm telling all of you, um, (laughs) if you want to get hold of me at 2.30 a.m., you better call me because I'm not answering a text, okay? If it's a text, it's going to wait till the morning. But um, I do leave my phone ringer on in case somebody has an emergency or, or needs to call me. So I guess that's good information for everybody to know. An interesting story happened on our way back from California last week at about... Three in the morning, um, this uh, light starts beeping and this sound starts going off in our hotel that we were staying in that night in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so I was like, what is that? What's going on? Well, I get up and I realize the electricity has gone off. Well, eventually that blinking light and sound went away. But I could not sleep the rest of the night, hardly, because all these thoughts go through my mind about there's no electricity. The gas pumps aren't going to work tomorrow when we're trying to get gas. (laughs) (laughs) How are we going to get out of our hotel? (laughs) So I did not get a lot of good um, sleep that night. And in the morning, the, the electricity was still not on. And so we had to get ready with our flashlights on our phones. Thank goodness for cell phones. I'm not sure what we'd have done if we didn't have the cell phone flashlight. But then the other part was, we were on the sixth floor of this hotel. <laughs> you know where I'm going to that, don't you? We had to lug our, our suitcases down six flights of stairs because the elevator wasn't working. I'm not grumbling and I'm not complaining because I did listen to Lamar's message last week. <laughs> but that was not fun. Anyway, um, I was reading a devotional one time by Joseph Prince, in which he brought up the fact that, you know, our minds are often inclined toward the negative instead of the positive. Um, You know, if your boss says that he or she would like to see you in the office, what goes through your mind? I mean, you're not thinking positive, you're thinking negative. Oh, no, I'm going to get fired or I did something wrong. Well, maybe they're calling you in to give you a promotion. Maybe they're calling you in to give you a raise. Well, our human tendency, of course, is to let the negative outweigh the positive. And the writer of Hebrews, if it was Barnabas, whoever, must have known this about the human tendency to let the negative outweigh the positive. It must not be just a 21st century problem that we uh, deal with today. In verse 22, it says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And so as Christians and believers in Jesus Christ... We need to be encouraged and we need to have confidence in the faith that we profess in God and in Jesus Christ. We need to cast off the negative vibes that are all around us in the world. And we need to put on this hope that we profess in Jesus Christ. Verse 23 says we should hold unswervingly to it. Because the one who provided it to us, he's faithful. God is praiseworthy and we need to praise him often for the good and the blessings in our life. And the hope that we have in this life as believers and as Christians. What I really want us to focus on this morning are verses 24 and 25. 25. What these two verses proclaim is that it is up to each of us as fellow believers to encourage each other in the faith, in our faith, and in life, in all sorts of things in life. What these two two verses are teaching us is that we need to be an encouragement for each other in a world that often focuses on negativity. We, we need to find the things that are praiseworthy and good instead of focusing on the things that are wrong and tend, tend to bring out the negativity in us. Um, you know, there's a full glass of water on the, the front of the bulletin. We need to fill each other up like that, like a full glass of water that's, that's filled up. I read a Wall Street Journal article once that talked about this whole idea that bad is stronger than good. It's an effect, you know, bad is stronger than good. And it tracked employees in the workplace and it found that the negative interactions that they have with other employees and their superiors had five times as much impact on their moods as the positive interactions that they would have. They also found the same thing applies in marriage. It takes six positive interactions to counteract one negative, negative one. And so, you know, we need to be aware of that in our marriages. We need to be aware of that in our families, the interactions we have with each other. And we also need to remember that in the places that we work. But we need to be just aware of that in our relationships here within uh, this church body. The, the relationships that we have with each other. There was something on social media this week that, that brought this, uh, kind of brought this out. Uh, one, this, was, this is what was shared. One day Albert Einstein wrote on the blackboard, he wrote all those equations. I'll give you a little bit just to look at all those. And if you're a good mathematician, you're already down at the bottom. And you know that the last one is wrong. (laughs) All of the other ones are correct. So in class, it says that they mocked him and they made fun of him because he had made a mistake. Uh, As you know, the correct answer for 9 times 10 is 90, not 91. So this is what Einstein said. He waited for everyone uh, to be quiet. And then he said, despite me answering the first nine questions correctly... Nobody congratulated me for that. Instead, when I got one wrong, everyone started laughing. This means that despite being very successful, society will only notice the smallest mistake and make fun of it. Don't let simple criticism destroy your dreams. Eric and I know this well when it comes to the bulletin. (laughs) If we make one mistake, we usually hear about it. But we don't usually get credit for all the times we do get it right, do we, Erica? No, that's right. (laughs) Verse 24 this morning says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and toward good deeds. There are several ways that that word for spur is translated in in various translations. But I really like the way that Eugene Peterson paraphrases it in the Message Bible. It says, let's just see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. And I really think that is what the Bible is trying to stress here. It's It's encouraging us to look past the normal ways of of saying good job. And it's encouraging us to be creative in how we can create a culture of encouragement for each other. You see, when when, uh, it is the culture, it becomes a part of the fabric of who we are. As you read through the New Testament, you know, you can just tell that, that Jesus had this type of, of encouragement uh, flowing out of him and his life. I mean, yes, he did address some things that, of course, needed to be addressed or things that needed to be corrected. But it seems like he, he did it overwhelmingly in a way that just brought about encouragement and that his intent was to build others up and to help them. Lead the life that they need to uh, lead. And so, you know, we need to be doing the same thing for each other. I don't know if you... uh, I imagine some of you remember or have seen those pass-it-on commercials that are on TV. I think uh, a lot of them are like uh, supposed to be public service announcements that the stations are are supposed to play so often. But I remember one time there was... uh, There's one... uh, There's one that's a John Denver song. I really like that one because it shows all the great creation and has John Denver playing in the background. But there was there's this one of of this boy and his parents who are at this concert hall. And and, uh, you've probably seen it. The parents are wondering where their boy is. The curtains open and there the boy is at the piano. And they're they're all like stressed out. Oh, no, what do we do? He starts playing one of those simple piano songs that we all learn (laughs) on the piano if there's one in your house. Uh, But after a little bit, the concert pianist comes out and he starts playing along with the boy. And uh, then, of course, it's when it's done, everybody claps and they they put on the screen encouragement, pass it on. So how can we create or encourage that type of culture here at Arthur Mennonite Church? where our goal is to help others and to build each other up. I believe it exists already. But instead of once in a while encouraging someone, perhaps we need to make it an every Sunday occurrence. You know, what if we came to church or um, what if we came to church each Sunday or we went to life group or different groups, fellowship groups that meet, And and instead, you know, and when we go to those meetings, we come to worship on Sunday morning. What if we went with the idea or the question in our minds of who can I go there to encourage today? Or who can I go to this meeting tonight and give encouragement to? Like I said, I, I, you know, I, I think we do good at this, but I always know there's more we can do. There's more we can do to spur one another on in faith, hope, and love. And uh, we can look for ways to bring praise instead of focusing on the other side of that. If you notice, those three great Christian uh, values are evidenced in these verses here that we read. First of all, faith in, in verse 22, it mentions our faith. And then love, or hope in verse 23 talks about the hope that we have in Christ and that we share it together. And then, of course, the love that we need to share is, is mentioned in verse 24. And you see, those are the fruit of our fellowship with God. And they're also the fruit of our fellowship with each other in the body of Christ. In the Greek, which the New Testament was originally written in, all three of those attributes are in the present tense, which indicates that we need to continually do these things. We need to continually express our faith and our hope and our love to each other. And of course, we do that best when we meet together and we see each other. I mean, it's nice to get an encouraging email or text once in a while, but there's really nothing that compares to being face-to-face with someone and hearing encouragement or getting an encouraging word from them when you are standing in front of them. According to verse 25, it appears that some Christians during this time were finding it less and less important to meet together with other believers. And... Uh, You know, that part of, of this coming together is not only to worship the Lord together and to grow in our faith. That's obviously an important part of us being here. But it's also important for us to come together so that we can encourage each other and that we can spur one another on like these like this verse is calling us to in our faith and in just the general things in our life. We come to praise God for his goodness And we also need to come together to praise each other for the goodness that God has put within us. Because when we're going through the week from Monday through Saturday, I think we all know that the world reminds us plenty of the other part of that. So we need to point out the things that are praiseworthy. Verse 25, it talks about not giving up meeting with each other. And, uh, uh, which, you know, since COVID has kind of become an unfortunate habit for some in our culture, there have been recent surveys in which many Christians were asked, you know, if they were faithful church attenders and the the people doing the survey realized that faithful church attendance that people were referring to was if they showed up at church once a month or, or less, you know. They still call themselves a faithful attender. Um, you see, I'm convinced that if the church is a place that exuberates with encouragement, people are going to want to come and people are going to want to be here more than once a month. Not only for what we would get or what they would get, but also for what we can share with each other that encouragement, that hope, that love. So as followers of Jesus, we need to be about the kindness of Jesus. You know, we are often called humankind, but uh, not very often are we really kind to each other. I don't know if any of you have seen those t-shirts recently that that say humankind on them, and then below are the words that say, be both. (laughs) Humankind, be both, be human, be kind. Uh, In Time Magazine recently, there was uh, the kid of the year or child of the year they had on the cover. And uh, his name was Orion Jean. And uh, one of the quotes that he had when they interviewed him really stuck out to me. This is what he said. He said, while we can't (coughs) force others to be kind... We can be kind ourselves and hope to inspire other people. That's from an 11-year-old. And he is doing all he can. If you read that article, he's doing all he can to spread kindness and hope into people's lives. It's interesting to note that the emphasis here in this passage is not on what a believer gets from coming together in this assembly together, but rather on what we can contribute to it. You know, it makes us feel so much better inside, I think, when we can lift someone else up and make their day. And, you know, it can counteract the negativity and the discouragement that uh, they may have experienced sometime during that week. In Philippians 4, uh, Paul encouraged us to think on these things that are good and excellent and praiseworthy. Dwell on the positive, not the negative. A study was done one time uh, by Dr. Henry Goddard uh, on the energy levels of children. And he used an instrument that he called the ergograph. And I don't know, you know quite how they got some children to stand still long enough <laughs> to connect him to this machine. Uh, but he did, and his findings were, were this. He found that when tired children are given a word of praise or encouragement, that ergograph or whatever showed an immediate surge upward of new energy. When the children are criticized or when they were discouraged, the graph Showed that it it took physical energy from them, it took a, a sudden nosedive, and those adult, those those results could probably be duplicated in adults if we think about it. That's not just a, a child thing. When we are praised, our energy level goes up. When we are criticized. Our energy level goes down. It drains us. And I think what we hear from these scriptures today is that our encouragement needs to be twofold. Yes, we need to encourage each other by, by praising each other, but we also need to encourage each other in our Christian faith that we have in common. Paul does a great job of that in 1 Thessalonians 4:13 through 18. ...that was read earlier. Uh, it's a, that's a passage, you probably recognize it... ...because it's a passage that's often used at funerals... ...or at graveside services... Uh, ...because it reminds us... ...that our faith and our trust in God... ...goes beyond this life that we are now living... ...in this world. But he talks about the resurrection of all the saints... ...when Christ returns for them... ...and, and he talks about how we're going to all be joined... ...together in heaven, for eternity. And then the last verse, verse 18, is where Paul says, therefore, encourage each other with these words. In other words, encourage each other with the truth of Scripture and the promises that it holds. And that's another reason why Hebrews talks about the importance of meeting together. I believe that, that is why that is mentioned there. You know, when we study God's word, we are reminded of these positive things that can counter the sin and the hurt and the darkness that um, seems to constantly bombard us each and every week. And of course, these past few weeks have just been another example of that. We continue to hear about the terrible things that are They're happening in the country of Ukraine right now. I mean, if you watch any news, it's just heartbreaking. It makes you angry. It, uh, you know, you feel for those people. And of course, we continue to pray for them. But in the midst of that situation, it's comforting to come together as believers to pray for them. And to pray that and to pray for that situation together as a body. And also remind ourselves of the hope that we have in the Lord. It's a hope that goes beyond the evil and the wars of this world. Because our Lord has overcome sin and death in this world. And it is in him that we find the hope to carry on. And I'm sure that's true for many Christians and believers in Ukraine right now. In the midst of all that they are going through. It's hard to imagine how some people can go from week to week to week without the faith, hope, and the love that is shared in Christian community. And, you know, I was thinking about the whole thing in Ukraine. It's easy for us to sit here in our comfortable sanctuary and not worry about anything this morning. But I am sure that if the roles were reversed and we were experiencing what they're experiencing today, they would be in their churches praying for us. And praying for, this, praying for our situation and thinking about how um, they could support us. Well, in closing, I, there is already, uh, thank goodness, thank the Lord, that there is already a culture, a culture of encouragement here at AMC. I believe God makes sure of that. And he wants us to join in and to be a part of that. We don't know how long it will be until the Lord returns. John Schmidt the other night reminded us of that. Uh, It seems like something's always happening in the world to make us think that we might be closer to Jesus' return or or to the end of the world or whatever. Um, But this is the reason why we need to be cultivating this encouragement within our lives and with each other. I think there are so many people here at this church that do a, a wonderful job of this, and uh, I believe that's one of the strong attributes of of this church family. It amazes me sometimes uh, during the week how I will hear one person say a positive thing about another person in the church. But then I, I sometimes I think, are we telling that to each other? <laughs> you know. You can say it to somebody else or you can say it to me that person did a wonderful job or this person did this and it was so great. But then I we have to ask ourselves are we telling that person that? Because that's what that's the ultimate importance. You know, it's it's one thing to tell it to somebody else, but it's another thing when we say it to them face to face and say I really appreciate what you have done. And you know, I want to say that to Carol this morning because, I mean, for her to get up here and share what she shared, to sing that song, and she's probably right. She was the one that introduced us to that song. I think she probably sang it first here. But um, thank you, Carol, for having the courage to come up and share what the Lord lays on your heart. Um. I think the way we make this happen is by asking the Holy Spirit to make it happen within us. That the Holy Spirit would just bring those things of positivity out of us. Um, You know, why did the church, why did Barnabas, if he was the one that wrote this, why did he see the church in Acts grow so quickly? Why did it just explode as it did? Well, it says that they were full of the Holy Spirit. And a great number of them were brought to the Lord. And so, um, you know, they, they focused on praiseworthy things that God was doing. And I believe they also focused on praiseworthy things in each other as well. So may that be the culture that we promote here at this church. And may it allow us to grow in the faith and the hope and the love of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So before we leave, before we pray this morning, uh, I want you to think, as you leave here this morning, who can I encourage this week, okay? Or better yet, how many people (laughs) can I go out of here and encourage today or this week that's ahead? Let's go out there and let's be about it, okay? Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's uh, stand together and let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Because we need the Lord's help in this for sure. Lord, I thank you for each one here this morning. I thank you for those watching online. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the, the encouragement that is here that you have brought to this church family, this church body. I pray, Lord, that we would not take that for granted. I pray that we would continue to seek how you are asking us to spur one another on. Whether that be in our faith, whether that be reminders of the hope that we have in you, or whether it be sharing the love of God and the love that we have for each other. I pray, Lord, that we would speak that to each other and share that with each other. May we be vessels of encouragement and not let negativity and, and uh, the darkness of this world overcome us. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, be with us as we go out of here today. Help us to think about this this week. Help us to see the opportunities that you're putting in front of us. Of people that need encouragement. And I pray that you would give us the courage. That you would give us the words to speak. And that we might uh, be the person that you use. To bring your hope and your uh, faith and your love into that person's life. Thank you for each one here. And may you bless us as we go out from here today, Lord, and in this week ahead. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week.